This is a place. This is a place. This is a place. We want to talk about this is a place. Hello and welcome to This is a Place podcast. My name is Nathan and with me as always is Brandon. And today we're going to be discussing a place that was practicing social distancing with their customers way before it was cool. Do you want to tell us who we're or what we're going to be talking about today? So today we're talking about training table. And now that we mentioned that, maybe that's why they're not around anymore. Because they were doing the social distancing thing long before. They were revolutionary but way before their time isn't the key to success time. Yeah. With them, it wasn't the case, but anyways, we should say that, uh, today we're having our first opportunity to talk about a place that is no longer with us, sadly. Um, a place that's near and dear to our hearts, but we'll get into why it's not around anymore. And should we tell our listeners that we are doing our first podcast by doing social distancing yes so we have two first today first um closed place and first time doing a remote however you'd call it recording recording yeah i'm in my house you're in your house and why are we maybe the quality is not as good as it's been before but we're doing it we're we're trying to rest right not because of house arrest this time but we're just trying to flatten that curve curve. you know so um, as you can tell, if you're listening to this podcast, that we are recording this during the coronavirus or COVID-19. Is that what they're calling it? If you want to be fancy. Fancy pandemic. So um, we're technically not allowed to be more than six feet. And we only have the one mic, so it makes it a little tough. We kind of we have to get cozy. <laughs> so hopefully... Uh, the quality of the podcast is still there. We will find out. Screw <laughs> <For> you all. <laughs> anyway, um, we should also note, so we launched our podcast during this whole outbreak anyway, um, which made for a little, I don't know, a little interesting uh, launch. So our first couple episodes and some subsequent episodes, you'll hear us make no mention of the coronavirus and we're still going out and enjoying places, which obviously we can't do now, at least for the time. So if you've been wondering why we're so insensitive and we're just completely disregarding everything we should be doing, that's why. Because we we started this a while ago and we had some previous episodes before this began. So recorded. Just important to know. And they're part of the reason we're talking about the training table, because it's some place we can talk about that we don't have to visit or we can't we visit, can't visit anymore. it only lives in our memories and on the the internet the internet and we all know everything on the internet is true a lot of what we're going to be channeling today is from previous experiences and from research that's been done all right well let's dive into it do you have um, some topics of discussion for us today brandon well as we always start out let's go over some reviews uh these were a little bit harder to track down since this isn't open anymore, but Google has been kind to us and still has maintained 
those wonderful, wonderful reviews. Um, this lady's saying, very rude, vulgar, uh, making a lot of inappropriate jokes. After waiting 30 minutes and not having food ready yet, we were getting frustrated. Then an employee said, dude, is that even sanitary? And another replies, sanitation costs extra. We promptly walked out and are ever coming back to this location. Not impressed, training table. Whew. Way to go, training table. So they were good with the social distancing, but not <laughs> good with making sure they were cleaning. Hmm. Yeah. But maybe that's part of the reason they didn't have all the steps. Mm-mm. Here's another one. The cheese fries are the only thing good about this restaurant. All of their burgers and sandwiches are overpriced and not very good. They really minimalize service to bare bones. I wouldn't come here again. They used to have really great food, but it's seriously gone downhill. I was disappointed. I mean, a good point about this is the fries are awesome. I think with how awesome the fries are, they should have at least gave two or three stars rather than just one. I'm not Rachel. That you are not. Let's see. Um, this one is a little confusing. Got a chicken burger and my husband got a regular burger here tonight along with cheesy sweet potato fries to share. Walked over to this shop at some of the stores, sharing the parking lot, and within an hour of eating there, my husband started feeling sick with muscle cramps and dizziness. As he walked around more, I too started feeling the same things. At about two hours after eating, we both started getting a fever and severe nausea. It kind of just leaves you with a cliffhanger, doesn't it? That kind of does. At the same time, can you get food poisoning that quick? I don't know. I'm kind of concerned Nathan is no longer with us. Um, Okay, this one's really confusing. Um, It says, waited about... Oh, I should clarify. So those are the bad ones. These are some um, better ones. This is a four-star review. Waited about one hour to get the seat of two... For my friends and I, a party of three. Space is very limited. Food was good, though. We ordered French onion soup and escargot as appetizers. Three main courses. Nikoi salad, pork chop, and lemules. And finished the meal with mousse chocolate cake. A good selection of food and friendly staff. Are you sure that was the training table? (laughs) I mean, when you went to training table, did you ever have escargot as an appetizer? No, and I didn't even know that was. I mean, they give you the option, right? They say, do you want cheese fries or do you want escargot? What restaurant doesn't offer escargot? That brings up a question. Have you ever tried escargot? No. Have you? I have multiple times. And what's the verdict? Well, if you've had it multiple times, then you must be okay with it. Yeah, both times I've had it, it's basically been drenched in like this garlic type sauce. So I think no matter what you eating you're gonna taste the sauce so it didn't you know what i mean so it's like red lobster right you just put that butter sauce on everything and it doesn't yeah. matter the quality it's gonna be good yeah exactly so all you could taste was the garlic butter sauce so so i guess not bad hmm well either way i'm upset i never got to try the escargot from training sure. table sure. that chocolate mousse cake that, sounds really good too and the chocolate mousse so Maybe, you know, like some restaurants have like a hidden menu. Oh, is there a secret menu? It's kind of like when you go to In-N-Out Burger and they only have like, what, four things on the menu, but yet you can order like a hundred things because there's mm-hmm. a secret menu. It's one of those. So 
I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Exactly. All right, let's do one more. Um, this was a, a really positive one. Uh, the food here is always delicious, and the cheese fries are the bomb. If you've ever been here before, then you need to – if you've never been here before, then you need to order cheese fries with their special fry sauce. It's unique to training table, and it's delicious. They have really great kids menu here as well, and their updated menu includes more sandwiches and burgers. He didn't include this, but also ask Argo. Their service is fantastic most of the time, but there have been two instances in the last two years where I came here and waited over an hour for my food or forgot something in my order. This isn't a common occurrence for them. When it does happen, it takes a huge chunk of time. Overall, this place is absolutely worth it for the food and the experience. I think we can end with that because, um, I mean, I went to train table a lot. seemed like a similar experience. I'm, you can't, can't beat the cheese fries and the dipping sauce they had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably have only been to training table a handful of times. Wasn't um, a regular on the rotation of places to go, but it was unique. Um, would you consider it fast food or would you consider it kind of casual dining? What would you consider it to be? I would class, I mean, I think they could probably classify it in both, but more towards casual dining. I don't remember. Yeah, it's more like a casual dining. It's a sit down place. I don't think you can easily get it to go. I mean, one of the best parts about train table were the phone ordering, right? Yeah. So yeah, we, we, kind of made we, it its thing, right? Unique. Yeah, we we joked about it at the beginning, right? That's a lot of you know, pretty good for social distancing. You're just ordering over the phone. You don't have like a waiter that you're talking with. You go and pick up the food from the counter. There's not really a lot of interaction going on. So I think you could just sit down and then pick up the phone when you're ready to order, and that's how you let them know. It's not like someone's going to come over and like attend to you. That's true. Which makes me also kind of wonder if they were still open, would they still use the telephone system? Because many kids nowadays probably wouldn't even know what the telephone was. Or would they have like an iPad or something that you order on at the table? Mm, yeah, they could have done the iPad thing, kind of like how Chili's has that option. I, mean, yeah. I guess at least you can order like desserts and drinks and stuff, right? But yeah. The they could have even done like little iPhone type things rather than the old school phones they had where you just type in what you want. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know. So it's still, it's still keeping that phone vibe like they had, but modernizing it. But could you imagine if like, for some reason they just did a, opened up a training table today and you send a bunch of high schoolers in there. Would they hmm. starve or think like they were being ignored? <laughs> Or would they even know that that thing's a phone and you're supposed to pick it up to order? Yeah, maybe from some of the people that gave the reviews saying how it took forever to get their food is because they just didn't know how to order. They couldn't figure it out. And then if I remember correctly, after you order your food on the phone, then you they would ring you back, right? And say, hey, mm -hmm. it's ready. And then you went and picked it up, right? Nobody brought exactly. it up. Exactly. Okay. They had like a little red button on it and it would go beep, beep to let you know. Come so get your they food. Really did practice social distancing. So, so outside of you being at your table, you were not interacting with the employees all too much. If, if at all. If at all, right? So, this business was around for a long time. So, originally, it was opened in October of 1977. 
Um, so it lasted a good 39 years until it closed in 2016. Um, it was started by Kent Chard, and he had some partners along the way that, that helped out with it. But they had a uh, quite a few locations. Um, sit their peak, they had well, they had at least five locations. Um, so pretty good footprint along Salt Lake City. Or that I'm aware, of, they didn't have any in Utah County, right? Not that I remember. Interesting. Going over the menu, which I was able to find online still, one of the things I remember the most going there as a kid was being able to order off the kids' menu, and everything they had on there was called a peewee. Do you remember this? A peewee? No. So, like, you get a peewee cheeseburger, a peewee mac and cheese, a peewee grilled cheese sandwich. Everything was labeled as a peewee. And I'll be honest in my... Innocence, I thought that they were talking about like Pee Wee Herman when I was little. Because I just didn't know any. That's the first thing I thought of when you said Pee Wee. And I was going to say. So I wasn't alone, right? You hear Pee Wee, and that's automatically who you think think of. Um, It's just, was their way of saying like the little little kids menu, I guess. Well, I think training table depends on how long they use the term Pee Wee, but Pee Wee Herman didn't come along until the late 80s. I'm not right. Thinking. So, and if you said this opened up in 1977, he stole it. He's kind of stole it, and I, maybe people stopped using the term peewee because of yeah what we just said. Well, aside from the kids' menu, they have um, a large selection of burgers. I remember the Hickory Burger was always a good one. Um, on their burger list, there was listed also. I don't know if it was a Chile Verde burrito or Chile Verde. Burger, but that sounds interesting. I think I would have liked to try something like that. Well, yeah, on the menu that I can see, it says Verde Smothered Burger. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, one one menu I saw said it was still a burrito. I don't know if they had burritos and a burger that was chili verde, but... Quarter pound burger topped with grated cheese, guacamole, sour cream, lettuce, smothered with pork chili verde. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Training table. What I give to go back and eat that thing. <laughs> what else they have? Um, my parents still to this day will try and replicate a turkey sandwich that they had. Uh, it was a warm sandwich and it was pretty good. But yeah, I mean, we mentioned a little bit about this. Um, apparently, their cheese fries were a big deal. Did you ever try those? Right. Well, I was going to say, I think the the few times that we actually went there was usually with like uh, friends in high school. And you would go there just to kind of hang out, not necessarily because you were hungry, but just to go hang out. And cheese fries was the thing you would get. So I do remember the cheese fries for sure. Um, that's the only thing I actually kind of remember from the training table. So on their commercials, they always had, I, I would remember they'd have like their phone and go, training table. A Utah original, but they'd always couple it with the cheese fries and showing other things that were like unique to Utah, like people skiing or on the Red Rock trails on bikes and stuff. It's pretty resounding that people loved to go there and get those because you could also get their ultimate dipping sauce, which isn't isn't like fry sauce. Um, it, in in a way, it is, but it's the mayonnaise and then it seems like some kind of a hickory barbecue sauce that they put yeah. into it. Yeah. I remember that they'd always put just like the dollop 
of the uh, of the mayonnaise on top, then you'd have to mix it yourself. But that was kind of half the fun. Oh, really? <laughs> um, which is interesting because it is a Utah-based restaurant, and as um, as many people know, fry sauce is a staple of Utah. So I'm surprised that they just didn't have fry sauce. No, I think they wanted to be different. They wanted to still um, have that main, I guess, mayonnaise component of it. But then they found their own way to add that kick with the hickory barbecue type sauce. To make it their own. Yeah, I mean, I still probably would choose fry sauce over it. But there was something very distinguishable, distinguishable in that sauce. It was good. It worked. Maybe we should try and replicate it one of these days. There's some mock recipes you can get online, but for their special sauce, yeah, Mm -hmm. ultimate dipping sauce. Their ultimate dipping sauce. It's not a special sauce. It's the ultimate dipping sauce. But now we can't go back and try it, right? Because we've lost train table, and seems like it was quite a scandal. Do you remember when all this was unfolding? Back in 2016. 2016? Mm-hmm. What I recall from those days is that, well, you just mentioned it started in 77. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Right. And then some family feud thing went down, which caused it to go bankrupt, basically, right? In a way. So what... The information, the public information I was able to find was it was a dispute between Kent and his daughter, Stephanie. Now, Stephanie became a part of, I, I guess she always had a part in the business. You know, she grew up with it, probably worked there as a, um, as she was growing up. But in 2012, she graduated from school and because of an inheritance that she got was able to purchase 50% of the business. So it was then her and her father who owned it. Um, Some of this information is from what I feel is a little bit of a biased Wikipedia article. Um, I think Stephanie might have written this herself in in all honesty. Um, What, you tell me that you can write a Wikipedia? uh, Have you never used Wikipedia before? (laughs) You mean the internet? Of course they can. No, it's it's very, very, there's a lot of oversight that goes into Wikipedia, so. I guess it can't be biased. It has to be the hundred percent the truth. It has to be right. <laughs> it has to be true. In any case, what it said was in 2012, Stephanie purchased 50% of the train table restaurants, which was a family business. She strategically navigated the company through this tumultuous time and became CEO in 2014. During 2015, Stephanie Chard became aware of misconduct between various individuals associated with the train table restaurants. Stephanie Chard worked for one year to resolve the ongoing dispute, but was unable to come to resolution with the various parties involved. So all she was trying to do was just save the business, is what it sounds like. From her perspective. From her perspective. Let's, from I mean, I can look at sorry, the sources, but from what Wikipedia says, she just she did a lot. She navigated it through this tumultuous time, took it from 2012 to 2014, but... Ultimately, things didn't work out, and that led to uh, Training Table's demise. Um, they, 
in November of 2016, they still on their Facebook page were asking for people to apply to their positions there um, in their sugar house location, I believe. And uh, just a few short days later, on November 30th, 2016, they announced that they were ultimately going to be closing. Um, and it was a sad day because no one saw it coming. So was it one of those just basically the employees showed up one day to work and they had a sign saying, sorry, we're done? That sounds like the case. Um, unfortunately, was unable to contact any former employees about the matter. Um, I was able to find some information about the lawsuits that were filed. Um, originally, Stephanie was suing her father, Kent, and then he counter-sued her. And so a lot of back and forth, even as recent as December of 2019, there was a court decision, and the claims were, sounds like for the most part, dismissed. Man, did things get tense between this family. <laughs> but my question is, was it worth it? They no. Messed things up for a lot of people <laughs> yeah people lost their jobs um yeah absolutely all of utah was disappointed they couldn't get their food there anymore i mean yeah it, it caused a whole ripple effect across the state of utah um i was trying to do some research originally to see if there's like obviously we can see all the places where training table used to be but all of them have been replaced with other restaurants now so that kind of d- diminishes my hope of it returning but I was trying to do research to see, okay, someone involved with this business, they're going to create a new restaurant or something, right? Like they've been in the restaurant industry for 40 years. They're not just going to all of a sudden disappear. But I wasn't able to find that, but I did find Stephanie's Facebook, just did a little stalking there. Um, it was open because it's kind of like she's a public figure. And so people can follow her and see all her stuff. Um, but yeah, she does a lot of traveling. Um, no, doesn't look like any restaurant in sight. Yeah. And kind of like what you mentioned before, there was no warning. Um, so no chance to say goodbye, right? Exactly. What they, so their website is still up. Um, and it has like their final message on it. So I don't know if I mentioned this, the official final date was November 30th. And on there, they posted, as we finally look back on our past 39 years, we could not begin to thank our customers enough for all their support. From sharing countless warm messages to telling us their favorite training table memories, we have been fortunate to work with an incredible staff and are so appreciative of all their hard work. We are thankful for our key partners who have been working to ensure the majority of our employees are secured with new employment opportunities. While we made the decision to close our family business, we are celebrating the many cherished memories that have been created over the years. Thank you to our customers, staff, and vendors for making Train Table a Utah original. An original that is no longer with us. It would be nice to go make a phone call and get some cheese fries again. Maybe that's a good idea for someone who wants to start a new restaurant. My, my big question is, though, what happened to all the sports memorabilia? I don't remember. Are you talking about kind of like the Applebee's style where they had stuff hanging on the walls? Yeah, they had like tennis rackets and all sorts of stuff um, all over every restaurant. Um, That was a cool aspect, I think, of the restaurants is they had, um, you know, kind of like 
you said like the Applebee's with all the the stuff all over the walls, but I mean that's a lot of stuff that they had there. What what happened to all that? Was it auctioned off? Is it still in the possession of the Chard family? Yeah, I don't remember inside as much as I do the exterior. I mean the exterior if you drove by and didn't see a sign, yeah, yeah, you could tell that must be a training table. Um so yeah, they kinda had a style for their the exterior um but i don't remember the inside having much uh hanging on the walls um like i said i just remember kind of the probably the biggest comparison or the easiest comparison for me would be like the hires what, what is it called hires uh the burger hires big h yeah that kind of style restaurant but um but every booth and table would have a phone you would order on so that's probably the the best comparison i could say that i remember yeah i don't know if far off on that one i mean i can just thinking back they have it seemed like there was always a boxing theme like there would be big pictures of boxers all across um and it it seemed like it wasn't like modern sports they'd focus a lot on the old like black and white pictures was what they'd have like i mentioned the tennis rackets i remember like super old school tennis rackets that were hanging on the walls so it was very eclectic um but that all that stuff had to go somewhere just don't know where that's true could be at your local thrift store maybe for all we know or maybe in a storage locker wait for somebody to to bid on it and in a storage unit, or it's like in one of those crates next to the, the the Ark of the Covenant, you know? Oh, so maybe the next Indiana Jones film will have it? Yeah, maybe the next Indiana Jones film is going to be focused on the training table memorabilia. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Who knows? And that's probably why it's the right now. It's because they're trying to figure out where stuff is before they can start filming. So if if you could go back to training table now what would you like to see what would you like there to be different about it well different um like if they brought it back and they put us in charge what what would you change or do i mean we mentioned the ipads and the phone thing yeah i did like that was kind of fun because um i mean i think we established that we kind of felt it was more of a casual dining correct Mm-hmm. with kind of a fast food take on it. But um, that can be uh, an annoying factor when you do go to a sit-down or a casual restaurant and you're ready to order, but your waiter or waitress doesn't show up for 10, 15 minutes to take your order. Um, so it is nice, the fact that when you're ready, and same by the same token, they sometimes come over and start harassing you to, to take your order and you may or may not be ready. So... I did like the fact of the phone, but maybe change the phone to what we talked about earlier, having an iPad or some sort of tablet that you order your food on. And then it dings or vibrates or something to let you know that your food has a little chirp. Up. So um, take the, the, the waiter waitress out of the equation and enjoy your meal at your own pace. Kind of like that. Yeah. You, you could change the phones. I, I like the phones a lot, especially 
as a kid because we mess with the people, which probably in hindsight wasn't the best thing to do because they're the ones in the back hiding and making your food. Exactly. <laughs> you don't mess with the hands that cook your food. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But we'd always like to like go around to different booths and we'd lift up the phones and then run away. But if you if you would go to the back where they would have you actually pick up the fo- the food, you could look into the side. They had like almost like an old school switchboard type thing, where it'd have lights ding up to show which phone was calling in and how they'd pick it up. I do have to say though, if I was a worker there, that would probably annoy the heck out of me having to deal with those phones and taking those orders like that. Yeah, I'm sure you probably weren't the only kids to do the same prank so i'm sure that or or teens or probably Probably. i was i would still probably do it as an adult to be completely honest that you probably yes you would um but i bet you (laughs) have like some slang word for for something like that when kids are doing that right um now what would that slang word be (laughs) (laughs) what's what's our podcast rated (laughs) pg this is a this is a family podcast. <laughs> family podcast. Those darn kids. <laughs> Those whippersnappers. Those whippersnappers. Uh, yeah. So. Well, we've we've bid a farewell to train table, um, a great original staple of the casual fast casual dining in the Salt Lake area. Now all we have to look at is the places that we'll always be able to recognize as old training tables. Like I always see the one on state street. It's like a, some sort of an Asian cuisine, but I know what it used to be. There's a training table and you can never like it. The buildings were very distinct that you can't erase what was there before. Like you always, you always know. Yes. Yes. You can tell what was there prior. Um, so on a scale of one to five stars ranking system, from what you recall, what would you rank training table? Because I went there a lot as a kid, and that's mostly what I remember, I'm going to have to say a four. Four? Because I don't recall bad experiences. I didn't have to deal with, I mean, as a kid, any weight for your food is a long weight right but it's not like it would change my rating so i like the phones i like the fries i learned to like the sauce so it was a a solid four for me what about you um i would probably put it in the three category to where it wasn't amazing but it also wasn't bad um obviously we didn't go there go out of our way i should say to go there so Part, part of the reason we didn't go there very often, but it wasn't also a place that you rolled your eyes and said, man, we're going to training table. It was just <laughs> uh, another burger joint to, to go to. So, um, but if you're and we like our burgers fries alone, the cheese fries alone, I'd say three and a half, but just overall three. What would be nice if this place is around is if for exactly that, go there on a late night, just get a plate of cheese fries. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Yeah, that's what I kind of, that's my thoughts of the training table. It's more of, uh, let's just, we're done going 
to the movies or mini, or go, mini golfing or whatever it may be. Let's just go hang out for a minute at the training table. So um, it's kind of a place I remember it to be. So, Well, if Stephanie, if you're listening, please do a pop-up training table restaurant at least so we can all have a last goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> at least stuff. for just a couple days and, so we can uh, give it a proper proper farewell. And I think the Utah community will be very grateful for that. So, okay. Well, well thanks again, as Nate men- Nathan mentioned before, to our our faithful 10 listeners. Um, ten this plus, is our... 10 plus listeners. 10 plus, yeah. Never. This is our first podcast after rec- recording after launching. So we're, we're grateful for the support and those who have shared our podcast with friends and family and we hope to continue to have the success. And uh, please let us know um, any of your stories from the training table or your memories of the training table. And let us know if you think if it's a worthwhile um, restaurant to come back. Yeah. Uh, Just let us know your thoughts Uh, and let us know if there's a restaurant like the training table that may have come and gone or still around that we need to talk about. That's what we're here for, to talk about the places. It's probably going to be a a weird little bit since we can't go out and visit places, at least for the time. Um, So even if there's a place that's struggling and we feel like there's it needs some exposure, we're happy to do an episode on that because we want to see these these businesses around us survive. Otherwise, we don't have a podcast. This is true. And, and because we like to have a variety of different places to go to. It's not all about the podcast, but we want to continue to see the small businesses here thrive. And this could be just a little part that we play in doing so. Anything we can do to help. That's right. Okay, well, thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode.